Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the founder and the host of Excellence Expected, and you are listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. So we have a terrific episode lined up. It is with Jonathan Kay. I've had him on the show before. He's the founder of Aptopia, but they've pivoted. They've made a big pivot. They are now competing with the likes of App Annie. He has access to this huge resource of data, and he actually reveals some really interesting things, like, for example, uh, the app that you should be building right now. So very insightful episode, but I have... Uh, two announcements just to make. Uh, first is that I have a new sponsor. A new sponsor, it's great. We've got a, a great sponsor. I've done a lot of research and I think they are terrific. You're going to love them. Uh, we have sponsorship for three months, which is uh, a great foundation to keep this podcast on air and keep going. Uh, they've paid a good amount of money, so I need your help. I really do. Uh, if you are a fan of the show, and you've been getting this uh, content free, then please um, just be reminded that it's a value for value proposition, that I do need your participation. That does mean listening to the uh, ads uh, during the uh, interval, uh, when we uh, break during the interview, and uh, actually taking some action, going over to the uh, links that I'm going to suggest. And so let me tell you that the new sponsor is TopTal, uh, top Talent, short for Top Talent. We did have the founder on this show. It was episode 450, worth another listen if you haven't heard that. And uh, they are going to be supporting the podcast for the next three months. So please uh, go and take uh, the moment to, um, well, make sure that you just keep listening. Keep listening and listen to the ad. And when I go through the details of where to go, go and show your support. So that's Top Talent. And then, of course, I still have uh, my great sponsor, Gummy Cube, who have been with me now for years and uh, continue to support the show. So again, show your support for Gummy Cube. Um, but for now, let me turn it over to uh, this great episode with Jonathan Kay. Welcome to another episode of the App Guide podcast. I'm your host. This is Paul Kemp. This is a show where I go around the world and I meet with great founders, entrepreneurs, Everyone in the app business, we've had 461 episodes now. This is 462. It's a, it's a great uh, series of uh, founders that we've gone back. And uh, if you do have a chance, there are archives uh, to this podcast. Just search for my name, Paul Kemp, and you can pull that up in your favorite podcasting app and get some rich archives. It's all free. Uh, go and do that. But in the meantime, let me introduce to you my guest today. We're going to find out about market intelligence. What should we be doing with the data? How can we use data to better get our downloads? Let me introduce uh, Jonathan Kay. Jonathan Kay is the founder of Aptopia. We've had his colleague. Now we've got the founder. Jonathan, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Ah, Paul, thank you so much. It's, uh, it's a pleasure and uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation. That's yes, yeah, so am I. So let's talk about it straight away. Then, um, how can people be using your da the data that you provide them to better uh, perform in the app stores? Yeah, of course. So, so I guess the the most important thing is just just to understand like what data we're talking about. So essentially, um, the data that we're talking about is estimated downloads, estimated revenue, estimated uh, usage data for every mobile app in the world. Um, and uh, I'll give you 
I'll, I'll actually let's start with my favorite example, and we can we can kind of work back from there. So I think the best example is that um, most people today understand that you need to invest some money into advertising, some money into user acquisition, right? Maybe you're not investing millions of of millions of dollars like Game Show Network or Zynga or King, uh, but we work with tens of thousands of app developers, and most people are investing five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars a month just to get some like juice in there, right? To get some visibility. Um, and the single biggest mistake that we meet that, that that we that we find people doing is they're like, okay, we need to have users in the United States. Uh, we need to have users in Australia or the United Kingdoms or one of these major, major markets. And so we're going to invest our $10,000. And what happens is you spend $10,000 in the United States in one day. You get, I don't know, five, 6,000 downloads, maybe a couple hundred users. You get a really, really small blip in revenue and then it goes away. You've spent your whole ad budget. And you have no, you know, no return. Uh, you, you get nothing from that, right? And so, uh, how data can actually help you do a better job of that is: um, first thing you need to do is you need to analyze your competitors. Okay. Um, so let's just take like a an actual real example right now. So I'm looking at data for Trivia Crack, and let's say that you had a similar trivia app, and you wanted to analyze how Trivia Crack was performing internationally, okay? Um, if you look at their data over the last six months or the last 12 months, what you'll see is that they have an average revenue per user of 60 cents in the United States, um, which is where they make the majority of their money. This is no surprise. Nobody's impressed. However, if you look, you'll actually see that they are making 70 cents per user in France, Okay, so they actually have a higher average revenue per user in France. And given that the cost to acquire a user or like the CPI to uh, acquire a user in France is going to be a fraction of that in the United States, it essentially creates a huge, huge arbitrage opportunity or essentially a huge, like, uh, a huge opportunity to increase your return on investment because you can actually acquire more users with your $10,000 in France and your main competitor is getting a higher average revenue per user from those users as well. Um, and so one way that you can use data just to like sum up my thought here, Paul, is um, you can identify what countries, what non-tier one countries similar apps are having success in. And you can invest your, your ad budget there and actually get a higher return on that investment. This is great stuff, Jonathan, I have to say. So what I've learned from you so far is that we can use Aptopia and the market intelligence that you spit out for us to arbitrage away some of our competitors' uh, um, uh, revenue um, because we can actually see uh, and make smart decisions on uh, where to actually spend our uh, ad budget. Yeah, that's 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 completely correct. And um you know, you, you, like how you verbalize it, I think is very good because the bottom line is that what happens today is that um, most people use their intuition, right? Most people go with their gut. They make educated guesses. And the problem with educated guesses is that they're very, very expensive, right? And um, I, I can only speak for myself and the customers that we work with, but um, if, if, you, if you can't afford to spend $10,000 and not 
get any return from that, right? If you can't afford to like do guess and check, then you need to like actually invest a little bit of money to get information on your competitors and actually make smarter decisions because your competitors have already paved the path for you. You can literally see where they're making money and, uh, you know, eat the breadcrumbs essentially. Now, this is great for my audience because we are a bunch of app entrepreneurs ourselves, and a lot of us uh, don't have big budgets to spend, uh, and it is a very crowded and competitive market. And let me take this uh, guess now. I bet you those listening with a gut feeling are going to target the US because you automatically think people in the US are uh, uh, rich or uh, richer than the um, the rest of the world. So then therefore, it seems wise to target the US because you're more likely to get downloads. But, but what you're saying is actually that's not the best way to uh, invest your money with that gut feeling. Yeah, it's exactly correct. And different international audiences have different appetites for different types of content. And so, you know, where these opportunities lie, not only do they change daily and weekly, but they're very different per category, per type of app, per country, right? Um, and so I, I would just strongly, strongly suggest that you don't make any assumptions there. I mean, I've owned an app intelligence company for five years and I, 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 like, I don't even trust my own intuition, right? And that's, it's, it's not a knock on my own intelligence. It's, it's just, uh, ha- like, why guess? Right, like you, you have such a small, you have such a small percent chance of being successful in mobile. That why introduce more variables? Why decrease that even further? When you can use data, you can actually see what's happening, and like increase your odds of of succeeding. Right, that's the whole point of using data. Is just on a long run, you're going to produce ten apps. If you increase the odds of success of each app a couple percentage points. Uh, if you look at your annual revenue, like on, on a year scale, you're going to see like an actual contribution there, like an actual increase that comes from just making more informed decisions. So, Jonathan, uh, this show is um, supposed to inspire, and it does inspire uh, the indie app developers, those that are doing side projects and apps. And you've had five years of running a market intelligence company. Uh, which is already inspirational. But I wondered if you have seen trends um, in, in over those five years that you could talk to, like whether you do an annual uh, report. And uh, on top of that, I, I wondered if you think it it still is the, the right market to play in if you are a small app house, a small indie app developer with a limited budget. You know, is, Do you feel it's still... A market that uh, that could actually um, uh, support you in the lifestyle that you probably want to live. Yeah, so um, there's a handful of questions there. I'll take them one at a time. So the first is, uh, I, I really do still think there's a lot of opportunity, um, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you, I'll, I'll kind of put my own money where my mouth is, and, and what I mean by that is that my business, unlike my competitors, unlike businesses like App Annie, is completely reliant on the mid-market. And like Aptopia, internally, we define the mid-market as publishers who make approximately $10,000 a month across all their apps, across all their stores, right? And if you think about $10,000 a month, this is like a nice nice revenue. You could like support a family on that, et cetera. 
Um, and our whole business is banking on and betting on that mid-market. And while we continue to see total downloads, total users, total revenue, total devices growing, and of course, you know, that top couple percent is making the majority of it, the mid-market is really growing. I mean, we are talking, um, we see about 20% of performance coming from that mid-market publishers. Um, and those are not people that are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on advertising. Um, they're your audience. They're our audience, et cetera. Um, so, I mean, I'll just, I'll just start by, by saying that. Well, well, firstly, Jonathan, that, that is massively inspirational. And uh, I think everyone's cheering to hear you say that because we're all worried that the market's getting skewed towards the big players and, and the small guys are getting pushed out. Yeah, it's just, it's, I think there's just a separation, right? I think like you, you, you just have to set different goals and different benchmarks, right? And so like you're, you're, you're not going to build a, a music app, that is going to be in the top 10. You're not going to build a social networking app that's going to be in the top 10, right? Like you're, you're, you're not going to build a photo social network. Like, you know, people ask me all the time about like where they should be building, where they should be investing their time. And I think you just need to understand like what cultural um, staples exist and that like you're not going to compete directly with EA, right? But the, the truth is, is that those guys also need to make significantly more money than you. And it's really interesting, right? Because if you think about it, like for EA to, to actually make money on a game, they have to make millions of dollars because they're investing a huge amount of budget. So they actually need to force certain monetization into their apps that you as independent developers don't need to. Like you can gradually make money and actually create, in, in a lot of cases, a better user experience as a result of that. And so there's a lot of like what people today are calling like, casual gaming, like mid-core games, just like games and apps that are just, uh, they're not designed to be an app that you use every day. They're, they're apps that kill time. They're apps that solve small problems. There's th- th- that whole space is dominated by, by your audience, right? I mean, wh- I'll just give one example that totally cracks me up. It's the, uh, like the test prep space. So if you think about the test prep space, you'd think like, well, you have Kaplan and you have Princeton Review. And the truth is, is that the most popular SAT, LSAT, GMAT, like all these secondary schooling tests, they're all dominated by people you've never heard of. Um, And so I, I think there's huge opportunities, Paul. You just have to be kind of honest with yourself where those opportunities are and where they're not. Uh, uh, firstly, uh, I love how you mentioned uh, you're not going to build a, a number one music app, and you're talking to the app guy. We managed to get um, an app, a number one. For, uh, it lasted for about a week, and, and then it fell off again. But uh, it, it, it's just inspirational to hear you t- talk with enthusiasm about this mid market. And um, uh, yeah, so the the other thing was with the trends that you've seen. Uh, are you able to pull out any any anything that you think would be qu- quite interesting to this audience uh, f- from the data that you've seen over the last five years? <clears throat> yeah, so um, if it's okay, I'll talk about data I've seen over the last month. Yeah, yeah just, even better. Just because I, feel, I don't think anything that's happened over the last four years is relevant to what's happening now. It's just changing too quickly. Um, so, so let me let me 
uh, I'll give you the, the nugget and then I'll tell you where it comes from. So essentially the nugget is that um, today you have the highest percentage chance of being successful by building a puzzle game. Okay? So go build a puzzle game. That's my advice and I'll explain why. So um, one thing that Aptopia analyzes is um, like we aggregate all of this data and um, I think last month there was 55,000 new apps released, which is just like obnoxious, right? It's an, it's an obnoxious number of apps. It's, it's impossible to understand all of them and see which ones are successful. Um, fortunately, Aptopia can aggregate all of that data. And so what we did is we took um, every newly released app over the last month that at some point was ranked in top overall. And we examined all of the apps that were ranked in top overall that were new releases. And we examined what categories had the highest representation. So what that means in like less simple more simple terms is that <clears throat> of every category that had newly released apps ranked in top overall, the puzzle category was by far the most. And so what that means is that over the last month, 12.5% of overall ranked apps were newly released puzzle apps. And the next category is at five and a half to 6%, which means that puzzle apps are twice, newly released puzzle apps are twice as represented in top overall apps than any other category on the app store. Um, and so what I always say internally to my team is like, what we do is, is like, we're almost like a fish radar if you like, can appreciate the fishing analogy. Like our data is designed to just tell you like which fishing pond you should be putting your pole into, right? And for me, over the last month, it's it's for sure puzzle games. And uh, actually, um, you know, for anyone who's interested in learning more about puzzle games, then episode uh, two hundred two is a good one to go back into the archives. We had the guy who had the most successful um, puzzle app uh, in India and uh, had like millions and millions of um, downloads. So worth checking that one out. That's with uh, Ram Prashad Ranjendran, who we had on. So uh, this is fascinating then. Uh, wonder why, why do you think puzzle games are such a hit right now? Um, because if you think about why people use their phone, there's uh, research, there's entertainment, there's social interaction. And you have no chance of ever satisfying any of those needs because you have Google Chrome, you have Snapchat, and you have Spotify and Pandora, right? However, um, I commute 20 minutes to work every day, back and forth. Um, I go to the bathroom every day. I wait in line every day. And there's this like hour of people's times that's available every day. And people want to do something monotonous, right? They want to do something that relaxes their mind, that... They think, but they don't think a lot. And the percentage of those mobile users that want to like hardcore game and want to like build castles and soldiers and warriors, it's actually a very small percent. They spend a lot of money. So games like Clash of Clans and uh, Game of War can be really successful. But it's actually in the minority of people who want that. And puzzle games, like if you think about... Um, I mean, what's it called? The Pop the Lock and um, the game about uh, combining threes. I'm totally losing my mind. Um, and uh, 2048. I mean, all these games, they're, they're just stupid simple. What about Tetris, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're stupid simple game mechanics. And so they're not very hard to build. 
Um, they're easy to engage with quickly. They don't require a lot of emotional commitment. And the best part about them is that typically puzzle games have some physics engine. So there's no cost to have the game lifetime be infinity. And maybe that's a confusing way of putting it, but if you think about it and you read any articles from Rovio, Rovio has a huge fixed cost for every episode, that, for every level that they add to their game because it's hugely intricate. But if you're doing a game like Tetris, I mean, the, like the actual engine, the game engine, the physics engine, it, it, it just it generates an unlimited number of combination of levels. And so there's no end point to the user experience and hence, there's no reason for that user to actually delete the app off their phone. Now it's time to thank my sponsors. So this is where you can show your support for this podcast because I have a great sponsor to talk about. It's TopTal. They're really showing their support for this show. So I want you to show your support for this company. It's an awesome company. And uh, let me tell you about them. TopTal. Uh, is to, uh, a company that are great at finding and hiring developers for you. Uh, they have, uh, Now, I know there's a lot of different ways that you can get developers. You've probably hired a developer in the past and used one of the many platforms out there. You know, everyone's got their own particular way of hiring a developer. Um, so I'm not actually putting any of those other ones uh, down. They're all, uh, they've all got their places. I've used um, various platforms in the past. But what I'm telling you about is this great new uh, amazing company. Uh, I've actually had the CEO and co-founder Brendan Beneshot on this very show. Uh, he's got a great success story. He started from his college dorm five years ago and has built uh, TopTal to now exceeding $100 million in revenue. Uh, so it's a great growth story. And uh, the reason TopTal is so amazing is that when you're looking for a developer, uh, and you, you basically want the top person. Now, I know from my own experience that there is a massive difference between getting the top person, the top developer, and then getting someone who's just trying to figure it out as they go along and causing you a lot of headaches along the way. And I'm sure that there's many people who are listening who have had those uh, tough times with developers. So I've spoken with many founders uh, over the years and uh, myself included where there are developer horror stories. And so you can avoid all that by going to top, tal top talent. Now imagine getting the top developer tomorrow, actually, yeah, within 24 hours or even maybe next week. Um, and it can be either part-time or full-time depending on your commitments and your needs. Uh, so uh, it's obviously a good company because they're being used by Airbnb and uh, they're using a, a company, TopTal, uh, for uh, their developer needs. And so, hey, if it's good enough for Airbnb, then it's, it's got to be good enough for us. Uh, because what you do is you uh, go and tell TopTal uh, what you're actually working on, the project, the app, the software that you need uh, help on or that you have uh, that you need building. And they uh, will then ask you, hey, how do you like to interact? What tools are you using? You know, are you using Slack? Are you using Trello? Perhaps you prefer email to uh, communicate. And so you get to use your own tools. You don't have to bend your own um, processes to, to meet then their requirements. You actually get to just carry on as normal. And uh, so TopTal um, basically go out and then find um, a developer and they have this terrific screening process as well. I'm sure I'll talk about that going forward. 
uh, in future sponsored messages. Um, but they find a developer who's um, programming in your language that you need and has been assessed. And you can start really quickly. And in fact, TopTel for my audience will guarantee the work is going to be top quality and excellent. And if it's not, uh, which I can't imagine it wouldn't be, but if it's not, then they will cover the costs of the developer over a two week trial period. That is uh, great because you can just walk away without taking any risk. It's a complete game changer in the whole uh, field of taking on developers. And of course, these developers, they love working there because they're all together um, in, in a, um, you know, they have very good mechanisms for uh, getting keeping the developers on top of their game. So if you can do this, then this is where, uh, thank you for listening to this sponsor's message, but this is where I really do need your help. Uh, go to the appguy.co forward slash toptal. It's important that you use that link. And in fact, not just you, this is where you can really help out the show. Why not promote this particular link? Because then uh, I want you to send it to your LinkedIn friends, your contacts. Uh, I want you to tweet about it. Uh, you're getting the show for free. And this is where I, uh, I, I do actually need your participation. Uh, so go and promote this link to your network. It's theappguy.co forward slash toptal. Theappguy.co forward slash toptal, all lowercase. That will be a redirect to a landing page they've set up for me. And of course, they're going to be monitoring uh, this. And uh, this is where um, if you like the show and want it to uh, continue, then uh, we need to support sponsors. And this is why I need your participation. So um, go and try them out. If you are a developer, designer, you can always check out that landing page to see if you want to join as a developer or designer or if you're hiring. And if you're not happy, don't worry. Just say that after two weeks, hey, guys, you know, we're really not happy, which I can't imagine you wouldn't be. But they will cover the costs, so there's no risk. And so show your support. It's theappguy.co forward slash toptal. Follow that link and you can demonstrate that you've come from me if you do go direct please do say that you've come from the app guy podcast or paul kemp and uh, that's terrific show your support uh, thanks very much for top towel for taking a chance on betting this uh, on this um, podcast and um, of course i also want to mention uh, my good friends uh, gummy cube uh, they've been a long time sponsor of the show gummy cube g-u-m-m-i-c-u-b-e gummycube.com uh, do go to gummycube.com for all of your app store optimization needs. Uh, this is where you can actually make a difference by using their data, which they are getting from the app stores, not, not from Google search or uh, from any other sources, but the app stores. And then you get to make better intelligent decisions about your uh, app store optimization. They are the experts. They have been growing. They have been continuously um, in investing reinvesting and I hear lots of great things about Gummy Cube. So uh, please do remember uh, to show your support as well for my long-standing uh, sponsor Gummy Cube. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E GummyCube.com for all of your app store optimization needs. Thanks very much for listening to this and I look forward to getting uh, another <laughs> sponsored message uh, to you. I'll try and make these uh, different. Hopefully you can tell that I've changed the format slightly. Anyway, let's get back into this awesome episode with Jonathan Kay.
So there's two more things, Jonathan, to do before we say goodbye to you. Uh, one is that this is a show that inspires, uh, and we've had people that have quit corporate jobs to go and start their own company, companies or start their own thing. I, I wondered from your perspective as a founder over the last five years of you know running Uptopia, have have you enjoyed it and would you recommend it to uh, anyone who has the aspiration to do uh, something similar? So I would say that I've 75% enjoyed it, which I, which, which, which I, which I think is a win. Um, and I would recommend it. However, and, and maybe you sense that was coming, um, it is for sure not the experience that you read about or the experience that you probably think it is. And so I would just uh, strongly recommend taking a second and third look in the mirror, not because you're not capable of doing it, but because you just need to go into this type of experience with the right expectations, that it's, it's not going to be a roller coaster ride. It's going to be like a, a series of thousands of roller coaster rides, right? Um, and you just need to be in the point in your life that you can do that. And I just don't think enough people actually like really accept what they're getting into fully. And so that would probably be my biggest suggestion. Now, I love that because that one of the um, biggest takeaways from doing this show is we are trying to get to the, uh, the genuine uh, feel uh, of uh, actually running your own company and, and being your own boss. And uh, that that's um, a, a wonderful. I love the fact that you've put a percentage on it as well. So I can tell you, I, I now understand why you're running a market intelligence company. <laughs> so, uh, that's interesting. And now, the, so the final thing is one of the big themes to come out of this uh, show is uh, successful app entrepreneurs have uh, pivoted. And I'm guessing, like with all the market intelligence coming out of your, uh, you know, your uh, Aptopia engine, that, that you'll see a lot of companies pivot when they determine like a new trend or something new. Uh, what what thoughts do you have on pivoting and, and uh, have you done this yourself in the past? And is it something that uh, is, a, is a wise thing to do? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting balance and I'll, I'll try and give a pretty simple answer, which is that um, over the last five years, I've pivoted at least four times. Um, and had we not pivoted, we would not have jobs today we'd be another graveyard, another failure. And um, I see a lot of people in, that I've mentored, that have mentored me, who are very stubborn in their business views. And um, there's a difference between being determined and being like tunnel vision. And most people in the business world that have tunnel vision typically fail because they can't see what's going on around them and uh, you can't be successful if you don't if you don't like actually embrace what is bad about your business right um, and it, it's 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 hugely important um, the only thing that I would and, and just to be honest Paul I think most people fail because they're so determined they just keep pushing down the same path knocking down the same door that they don't see the opportunity that's like six inches to the left um, However, I'll just play the devil's advocate with myself for a minute and say that um, while it's a smaller percent, I, I, I do have people in my life who um, have failed because they are too, they pivot too much. Like you can't jump from idea to idea. 
Otherwise, you'll never build anything of any quality, like real quality. You just need to like keep your eyes open and look around you and not be afraid to be like, this didn't work. <laughs> um, <laughs> because one of the things will work, right? Just, just embrace that. That's all. Yeah. And, and how hard was it for you when you made these series of four pivots? Because we've often heard it's like having a baby and, and giving that up because you're going into a new direction. Have you got any guidance for anyone who is uh, struggling right now and having to maybe make a pivot in their own business? Yeah. So that uh, I, I would say two pieces of advice, um, neither you will probably like to hear. Um, the first is that um, it, it, fe- it feels better than failing completely. Right, pivoting is not actually failing. Closing the doors, and and needing to do something completely different. It's 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 different. No, it's just um, it's a lesser of two evils, and uh, you you shouldn't be afraid to embrace it. Um, the second thing is that uh, one thing that we learned the hard way is that um, when you make a major pivot, you have to be um, open to letting a lot of people go and that might sound like kind of a cruel thing to say but it's much easier for an entrepreneur or business owner to change businesses than for employees to understand that and so as we made major pivots not small pivots but major ones we found that oftentimes the people we had on staff were not the right people to do what we were now moving toward and so if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna make the change you gotta you got to really, really embrace that you have to wipe the whole whiteboard clean. Um, and a half pivot is just as good as not pivoting at all in some regards. That, great advice, Jonathan. So we are uh, at the end, uh, and I just want to remind uh, everyone that this will be uh, on theappguy.co. It's uh, episode 462. You can get full show notes uh, and links to uh, the stuff that we've talked about. But in the meantime, Jonathan, how best can people reach out and connect with you? What's the best way of getting in touch? Yep. So my email is jon at aptopia.com. Uh, it's also available on the website if you forget. So I'm uh, pretty readily available. Um, our product is at aptopia.com. And uh, we're, we're one of the only people today who offers a free trial. So even if you, you can't afford our lowest plan, um, you can and should totally take advantage of the free trial. And uh, I don't know, we love we love what we do, so we're here to help. So just don't hesitate to reach out. Well, thanks very much for joining us on the App Guy podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I hope you uh, enjoyed this episode with Jonathan Kay. And uh, just remember that I do have two sponsors. It's uh, Gummy Cube. Uh, please do go and show your support. Gummy Cube, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E. And also uh, TopTal. If you go to theappguy.co forward slash TopTal, T-O-P-T-A-L. Or actually, I want to see you promoting it and see uh, if you want to tweet about it and at me. Uh, and, and then also just um, reach out to me and connect. You know, I have had people who have come to me and said how inspirational this show is. And I'd love to, you know, continue it and keep it going. I am experimenting with the format and also changing it up a bit, given that we've had this awesome sponsor come in and support the show. So, But I'd like your um, input and uh, I'd love you to uh, connect in a way. So uh, tell me what you think 
of uh, the sponsored messages and uh, the format, uh, please do reach out. It's uh, paul at theappguy.co, paul at theappguy.co. And also, you know, I'm really good at introducing people, uh, helping people with their uh, app entrepreneurial journeys. I'm massively networked because of this um, podcast. So if you're struggling and you would like a leg up, uh, a hand up, then let me know. Maybe I can introduce you to someone. The other thing which I did recently, which you may want to know about, is I was actually quite successful at getting a lot of uh, interest in uh, just various things that I'm doing through uh, uh, reaching out to my LinkedIn connections. And it's doing it through email. So if you do want to hand with that, then uh, again, you know, I'm, um, I'm here. I will uh, happily uh, talk talk with you and uh, or at least guide you on uh, what I've done and to effectively um, market and reach out. But it's always good to leave, you know, your challenges for um, the, um, people in, in your connection. Because I actually recently just uh, exceeded uh, 2,000 plus connections in LinkedIn, which uh, I think is, is pretty good. And um, I seem to be, uh, you know, very uh, able to uh, introduce people that uh, add massive value to your business. And, uh, you know, in return, uh, if I can show you some of these uh, techniques, I'm sure that I could help you uh, show how you can actually um, support the sponsors for this show by uh, reaching out. Maybe there's something we can do together. So I just mentioned that because um, it, you know, it's a campaign on um, that I've been doing with LinkedIn connections, and it seemed to uh, have gone down. It seemed to have have gone down pretty well. So uh, thanks very much anyway. So that's all I wanted to do in terms of making an announcement and uh, look forward to, uh, you know, finding another app journey to go through soon. Bye for now.